and welcome to CausePods. I'm your host, Matthew Passy. Here at CausePods, we have one simple mission, to highlight the amazing folks who are using podcasts as a way to raise awareness for good causes and make the world a better place, whether it's in their own local community or they're taking on global issues. Please visit us at causepods.org where you can learn about our guest show, their favorite charitable cause, join our Facebook group with resources for cause-based podcasters, and find a link where you yourself could be a guest here on CausePods. Again, that's all at causepods.org. All right, everyone, taking you out to Colorado, we are chatting with Eric DeRosa and Mark Fernandez. They are the co-hosts of the From Survivor to Thriver podcast. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us here on CausePods. Morning, Matthew. Thank you so much for having us. It, it's a real honor, and I really love your mission and what you're doing and, and helping other podcasters kind of highlight the social good that they're doing in the world. For sure. Thank you. Ditto. And it, it is such a cool thing to be able to support other people in in the same sort of uh, arena, but for many different purposes. So good on you, man. Oh, thank you very much. It's It's been a lot of fun. I've got to meet a lot of really cool and interesting people and hopefully help out a lot of really great causes. You guys, you are all about mental health, mental health awareness, mental health conversations, something we've definitely talked about here before on the show. But let's talk about your backgrounds. And you know, before we started hitting record, you guys were telling me that you, weirdly enough, you grew up close to each other, but didn't know each other. Then you met, you know, recently on Colorado. So I, I guess without, you know, going through the full bio of everything, let's just go to how did you guys meet and how did you go from meeting to wanting to do a podcast on mental health? So my background is actually in theater and film production. So I had lived in New York. I grew up about an hour south of Boston, Mass in a town called Fall River. Eric grew up in Somerset, Mass. But then in 2003, my wife's job moved us from New York City to outside of Denver, Colorado. And I ended up in the ski industry at that point. So when I met Eric, I had actually been working in the ski industry, teaching and training other instructors for about eight years. And he and his lovely wife, Amy, and you'll hear us refer to the Amys because my wife is also named Amy. They spell it different though. Walked into our children's center at uh, the ski resort here in Snowmass, and they were asking for my boss. And I was like, "Hey, who are you? <laughs> Where are you from?" And uh, you know, they, they start. He's like, "Oh, I'm from Somerset, Mass." And in classic, you know, Massachusetts, you know, I'm like, "What? No way, dude! I grew up in Florida." And so became fast friends very quickly then. And we have a similar arc. Eric and his wife, Amy, were in New York City a lot longer than Amy and I were. They met at Brandeis. My wife and I met at Boston University. Eric and I both have the luck of, uh, we joke all the time about marrying up, both in brains and beauty. And yeah, our our wives are badasses. So uh, we're super lucky in that way. And then it evolved, you know, we've always had sort of a deep friendship and he and I had spoken a lot about some of our own mental health struggles uh, through different parts of our life and at different times. Um, Eric has become close with my mom and some of my other family members. Um, and I've become close with his brother and his sister-in-law and the kids. And, and so we realized that we were sort of rare uh, as the fact of a couple of 40 something dudes who would actually talk about how they felt and how mental health had impacted our lives at different times. And then my dad passed away in 2018 and I went through a pretty tough time. And Eric was a huge help to me. Um, and then we all went through a global trauma during the pandemic. And, and I'll let Eric kind of take over from here because this is where he wrote a very incredible blog post about kind of his own 
mental health journey and leading into the pandemic and how different he thought things were. And that kind of led to the birth of From Survivor to Thriver. I had just gotten back from a vacation in November of 2020, and we were still in the throes of the pandemic. And when I landed here in Colorado, I looked up at at the mountains and I saw all the snow and, and it quickly dawned on me that the prior ski season, it was March 14th of 2020, shut down. The governor shut down uh, all of the ski resorts. And and we never really had a chance to recognize and to mourn the end of that ski season. It's, it's how Mark and I make our living. It's what we do all winter long. And uh, we also you know, spend a lot of time skiing with friends. And it's, it's really good for our own mental health. And so it was in that moment that I realized not only had I not mourned the prior ski season, but I really didn't know what was in store for the upcoming ski season. You know, COVID was still, we, had, we didn't have vaccines. Uh, the resorts were not sure if they were going to open or not. And so I started to feel some of my own anxiety creep back in and OCD and intrusive thoughts. And then I realized that if I was experiencing that and I had already been through, call it a decade plus of treatment, I could only imagine what other people were experiencing and not speaking about. I had I had hit it very well for, for over three decades, my own personal struggles. And so as Mark alluded to, I, I wrote a piece which I intended to be a blog post and wasn't really sure how or where I was going to get it published. And I was at his house. And as all of our fun conversations usually do, they took place over the uh, kitchen island and I was telling him what I was doing and out of nowhere I said you know what I think we should start a podcast and I, and I saw Mark's reaction knowing full well I had never listened to a podcast before Mark had done uh, I think it was a 10 or 15 episode podcast with our therapist during the beginning of covid to to help people move through some of those challenges and and live a better life during you know the real uh, time of the lockdown. Uh, and so we, we started chatting. I, I had a name that I wanted to use and, and he and my wife both <laughs> smartly said, I think Elton John is going to sue you within 30 seconds. We're not going to do that. And even if he didn't sue us, we weren't willing to enter the negotiation for exactly. the music and the, yeah, I was like, we're, we're starting this with, uh, my SoundCloud account that I'm already paying for and nothing. So we're going to come up with something else. So yeah, in December of 2020, the podcast was born and it was, as I look back now at the end of the day, it's really to, to help and inspire others on their own personal journeys through destigmatizing without desensitizing mental health conversations, and more than anything, letting people know that they're not alone on their journeys. There's hope, there's help, and there is a way through. And Mark and I feel in many ways that our podcast is also there to show other people that there is a way through without having to suffer in silence like we did for so many decades. I mean, I think there's a lot of folks who won either don't recognize that what they're going through is in fact a mental health issue, right? They just think it is what it is, or that's, you know, what you do or toughen up or right. Whatever moment is for that person. But then, right. Then there are those folks who maybe even recognize that something's going on, but then there is that stigma of seeking mental health. So what are the ways that you try to encourage folks to, recognize that mental health services could be an important part of regular 
just healthcare. And then how do we get past this stigma that, oh, if you go to a therapist or if you see a psychiatrist, you know, that is going to put you in a camp of people who should be in a straitjacket or, you know, in a facility. I mean, we really approach it from uh, the dude perspective. Like if your ankle hurts, you go see an orthopedist, right? And, you know, Matthew, your point of that, you know, the stigma is actually a huge thing. And that's where we really feel like the podcast is an important piece of that because we really just want to shift the conversation at the front end to change things. Right. And if, and one of the things I always do the ankle injury, one of the things Eric talks about is cancer, right? In the seventies and eighties, people wouldn't even say the word, right? They called it the big C or, and now people are wearing ribbons. There's marches. People are raising money, awareness and things like that. And for us, you know, I, I like to talk about mental fitness is fitness, you know, you know, being well, you know, our brains are a huge part of that component that we're only beginning to understand how that works, right? Where, you know, the idea of neuroplasticity and the fact that the brain actually regenerates itself constantly as we're learning and changing behaviors is a very recent science phenomenon. Like they've really only been for about the past decade uh, that we even really realized that that's what's going on. So we feel there's no better time than now. And it actually doesn't matter how the conversation starts. The conversation must start. And your point about, you know, the awareness of this is something that everyone goes through or doesn't. The thing that we find a lot is that people are convinced, especially men, when stuff like this is going on, that no one else has these thoughts or feelings. And and we really do think a lot of that has to do with the fact that we don't talk about it. You know, it's just especially, you know, Eric and I are pretty much dead spot middle Gen Xers. And we actually, you know, we absolutely come from the, you know, the feral upbringing of like, yeah, yeah go ahead and sort that out. You're going to be fine. I was a full on latchkey kid. I was lucky enough or unlucky enough that some of my mental and emotional issues at a young age became too much for my parents to handle. So at the age of seven, I actually saw a panel of psychiatrists and doctors at uh, a mental hospital in Rhode Island called Bradley Hospital. It changed my perspective, but I'll be honest, it didn't push me into the realm of thinking that was totally normal. Like part of that, I felt a little singled out or that I was strange, different, weird, which we're all, by the way, strange, different, weird in our own way. And that's okay. But it didn't, it didn't really occur to me until a bit later in life that a, a lot of people struggle with these kinds of things and that it is really no different than any other physical or health issue that with some education, uh, sometimes some medication, different types of treatments, you know, that's one of the coolest things for us on the podcast is we've had We've had people from the realm of, you know, PhDs who are in the forefront of dealing with neuroplasticity to spiritual healers who've taken groups down to South America to do an ayahuasca journey to try to, you know, deal with their own depression and thoughts. So it's, it, I, I would say our biggest thing is really just being inclusive and just being like, it doesn't matter what it is. If you feel like there's something going on, reach out, speak up, find the answers that you need because they're out there, you know, and especially in the sense of, you know, looking at what's going on in the political space and the mental space nowadays with the amount of suicide we're seeing, the amount of suicidal ideation, especially among adolescents, teens, you know, men in their 50s and 60s are the highest percentage. It just, it needs the attention that hopefully we're pushing it towards getting. You brought up a couple of things that that piqued my interest. One is this idea that, you know, you first started to see folks when you were seven and it was 
strange and it was, you know, you felt like an outlier as a result of that. And I wonder if kids going to some sort of introductory therapy at seven or eight is just part of like annual checkup or, you know, twice a year checkup kind of a thing would one destigmatize it a lot to make them a little bit more comfortable with the idea. And then three, make it so that a professional can spot something early so that we're not waiting until we're 20, 30, or, you know, in a bad place doing something terrible and, you know, becoming a national news headline. And then of course, the other thing we kind of want to talk about in that realm is just like, is there enough bandwidth in the system for everybody? Cause there are folks who want to get help and they're told, yeah, sure. We've got an opening. We'll see you in 12 months from now. Like, Oh, cool. Thanks. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, taking your first question first, in fact, I'm traveling to Louisville, Kentucky next week, and I'm speaking uh, to a group of high school students. And, and one of the important things that I've been trying to share in my own message, both to students, but also to parents, is it's never too early to start those conversations. And when I say starting the conversation, I think about when I was young, coming home from school and we'll use the seven or eight year old example. And, and you walk in the door and parents always say, how was your day? And our answer is always, it was good. It was fine. Right. We don't want to talk about it. And we move on. And Mark and I, one of the things we've done through the show and through speaking to other people is getting across this idea. One of when you ask somebody, ask it in a way where you really want to hear an answer where you're not looking for just a one word retort, where it's how are you doing, right? And, and ask it with some intention so that you can really find out, in this case with, with parents and kids, how your, your kids are doing and giving them that space to be able to share with you what's, what's really happening in their day. Because as we discussed earlier, there is tr- a tremendous amount of of stress, uh, not only being a student, but now you throw in COVID and going back to school. And, and unfortunately, you know, school shootings are something that are here. And I, I feel like they're here to stay. Um, and so there's all these pressures that are building on kids nowadays. And I really like your idea of, you know, we go to see the pediatrician to have our yearly or semi-annual uh, health checkup when we're kids. And I think we should also have something similar for kids when it comes to you know, a mental health checkup. Uh, here in here where Mark and I live, there's an organization called Aspen Strong who we've partnered up with. And one of their taglines is do a checkup from the neck up. And so they, they want to make sure that when you do your full physical, that also includes what's happening from a cognitive standpoint, not also just from a a physical standpoint. And the thing that I've seen is these next generations coming up are more aware and better at this stuff than we are. And I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm not saying we've, you know, turned the corner in any way, but Matthew, I don't know if you've seen the doctor recently, but even Eric and I have had this conversation. The conversations we're even having with our physicians have changed. I, 10 years ago, my doctor didn't ask me how I was sleeping what my stress levels were like during a, a normal checkup. And so I think there is beginning, beginning to be a change of that understanding and awareness of how this is. And you will hear kids say things and not 
parroting, but like, this makes me anxious, or I don't know, this test seems to be stressing me out, you know, and things I never would have thought to say, you know, and part of the reason and the struggles that I had as a kid were, I would have those feelings and thoughts, and I would automatically just usually react in anger, or in, you know, abject despair, and because I had no language or understanding for what I was thinking or feeling. And I do see a lot of that changing. Now, the hard part is exactly the point you're talking about, this idea of bandwidth, right? How much can the system take care of? Because there are therapists at schools now, right? But if there's 600 kids and, you know, say two therapists, you know, do the math there, you know, that kid, you know, each of those kids gets what, three minutes a week. Um, so it is one of those things where um, I feel like the shift is happening. And, um, and I congratulate us as a society for doing that. But there isn't enough scalability, money, time, and, and it still doesn't change that initial stigma, especially for grown men. And I feel like depending on your upbringing and things like that about starting these conversations, if that makes sense. Probably talk for hours about the idea of money and funding. And, you know, there's probably actually plenty of therapists out there, but none of them take insurance or none of them do this. And so then it becomes an affordability issue. And like, right, we could probably do six days on that topic alone, just the three of us, not necessarily being mental health professionals. And you know, I'm sure the pros could do you know even more on that topic. But I, I want to kind of pivot a little bit to more about the, the podcast itself. And Eric, you said something that was interesting that you were actually going out to Louisville to speak. I assume that's because of the show. So what have been kind of the the changes that have happened or or you know, what is this podcast now created for you that wasn't really a part of your life before? Sure. So if I look back on you know my prior career and I call them I call them acts, very much like an act in a play. And so for almost two decades, I was in the financial world uh, in New York City. So first on Wall Street and then with a Fortune 500 company. And I always like to joke, what better place uh, for somebody with PTSD and anxiety and, and OCD uh, than to, to spend you know, every waking moment in the most stressful environment possible? And so when my wife and I moved here to Colorado 11 years ago, a lot of that was around my own mental well-being. I had suffered two nervous breakdowns and, and I knew something had to change for me, both from a physical standpoint, but, but more importantly, from a, a mental health standpoint. And so kind of act two for me was moving to Colorado, leaving my finance world behind me uh, and teaching skiing full time in the winter. And I was uh, very into bike racing, road bike racing, mountain bike racing. And, and so I was coaching those two sports as well. And so that was a lot of fun. It got me in the outdoors and it got me doing two things that I, I loved quite a bit. But as Mark and I moved into the podcast, what I really recognized was for the very first time, I was doing something where I could have an impact and where I could inspire others through my own journey and through my own story. And so it started with just the podcast. But from that, as you had mentioned, it's now moving into some speaking engagements. This past spring, I spoke to a group of high school students and parents in New Hampshire. I'm speaking in Louisville. I'm doing a couple of events here in Colorado at the end of September. I got invited up to a workshop with a one of our 
pod, former podcast guests uh, up in Radium uh, Hot Springs in British Columbia in November. So that that's going to be fun. So it's it's really given me the opportunity to share my story and to to let others know that you don't have to suffer in silence. That what I went through is something that I went through so others won't have to. And so it's really, it's opened up a whole opportunity, both for me and for Mark. You know, I can't tell you how many times we'll be out within the community and somebody will stop us in the supermarket or I'll get a text from from a friend who said, will say, you know, I just listened to episode such and such and I just wanted to let you know, like this part of it really resonated with me. And, and we've actually had some people come to us and say, you know, I've never spoken about this before. I don't think you knew this about me. And, and so it's, it's been really humbling to, to hear friends and, and some, and in some instances, complete strangers reach out to us and, and share their story for the first time. And, and it's given us the opportunity to help be a bridge and direct them to some of the resources that are available and, and just be a sounding board for, you know, it's perfectly okay to not always be okay, like I like to say, and, and to see how what we have done has helped to positively impact and change the lives of others. You know, if I had, if I had a big checklist, that would be at the top and it'd be a big check mark in the box, job done. So you guys have been doing this for a little while now. At the time that we're talking, you have about 70 plus episodes that are out there already. The fact that you are getting these kinds of opportunities as a result tells me that you are having some success with this show and that you have an audience and you have a community of people that are listening and paying attention to following. So I guess for others who are out there who are thinking about either starting one or who have their own cause-based podcast and you know, thinking, oh, I, I would love to be in the same situation that Eric and Mark are in. What would be some of your advice as far as either growing or growing the podcast, which is, of course, everybody wants to grow their podcast, but also creating those extra opportunities as a result of what you're doing? I think it comes down to truth. Are you speaking your truth, the truth? Um I'll be honest. Like I've, I've spent a ton of time in front of a microphone. That's probably pretty obvious when you hear me speak, but the idea of creating content like this was never, I mean, I came from the land of fantasy. I wrote plays, I made movies. And so this, I think this is going to sound like a little self agonizing, but I think the reason why we've been so successful is we've done nothing but kind of stay out of the way of people's real stories Pretty much every single one of our phone calls when we're getting ready to have a guest on, we almost always say something to the effect of, we are just here to hear your story and find out what happened to you and how you've been able to change things for the better in your life. And I think that focus and that understanding and and the fact that, you know, it's funny, like these little catchphrases that have caught on, but it, it really is true to us. Like it is perfectly okay to not always be okay. There is always a way through, right? These are the kinds of things that we kind of revisit a lot in our episodes and, and each person's story, their unique little fingerprint of how they've come through this can either be an inspiration or it could be the wake up call that someone needs to hear of like, oh, here's another person who's incredibly successful with a wife and a family and all this. And they wake up in the morning and they don't want to get out of bed. I feel like that sometimes. Why do I feel like that? I didn't, 
I thought I was the only one. I thought I was abnormal or I thought it was perfectly normal. And that's the other flip. You know, I was answering your kind of first question about that of like, oh, is this really a problem or isn't? That's the funniest part to me of like, and that was my experience. You know, Eric would like hide it and, you know, wear these facades and masks because he knew he was like, this is people are going to think I'm crazy or this or that. I had the opposite. I was like, doesn't everybody think that life sucks and they don't want to wake up this morning? Doesn't everybody think they're not worth the love that they get from the people around them? That was how I thought about it. And so even for two people as close as Eric and I are, our stories are so different in the way our mental health challenges showed up. And even the way we present personally, you know, I'm a classic, you know, smiling depressive. First person with the joke, first person to start a conversation, you know, the person that walks into a room and wants to know everyone's name. But on the inside, I'm thinking, ah, none of them want to talk to me, you know? And so there is this flip of really allowing people to tell that true story. And and the thing that I take away from it the most and I, and I take most seriously is, we all kind of have a trauma, right? We all have things that we've gone through in our life. Nobody gets through this thing clean. But I really want to focus on this to thrive. Like, how do we overcome? What do we do to feed our brains and bodies in such a way that we can be just a slightly better version of ourselves, And not this like idea of perfection. That will make you crazy forever. And that's and I'm that person who wants everything exactly the way it's supposed to be. And I've had to learn to wake up and be like, hey, today's I'm just going to be a little better today. And those little lessons can not only change your life, but you'll be so much better with everyone else around you, mother, sister, brother, father, whatever you are to these other people. And, and that I think, and it doesn't have to be on that grand of a scale because we didn't think of it that way. But looking back on it, it really is about that integrity and that attachment to just telling people's real stories and and making sure you understand that there is hope. I really think that's it. Eric, do you, am I on the right track here? I was just going to quick, very quickly add two things. Uh, one, you know, find something that you really are truly passionate about. Like I, when I look back to December of 2020, starting a podcast was the furthest thing from my mind. I was, I was very happy to speak to people about my own story. Uh, but I didn't think I was going to be speaking about my story and other people's stories on air. So I would say one, when you find something that you're really passionate about, it'll come. And the other is, you know, through creating your podcast, things will morph and things will change and you'll, you'll come into your own identity. And so I think that's another important piece. Mark and I sometimes now look back onto our first few episodes and we just recorded episode 95 uh, yesterday and we look at where we started versus where we are now. And, you know, we didn't go in with the intention of changing how the show worked, but it, we just allowed it to morph over time. And so I think that's another really important piece for people is, is just start. And once you start, sometimes that's the hardest step. And then let things happen and see where they go. And there are so many incredible podcasts out there. And, and when I think just about you know the mental health space, there are so many great mental health podcasts that exist out there. But each one kind of has their own unique niche within the space. And I think that's what allows so many of us to have a place and to have a voice. A lot of inspiration from you guys. The one is podcasters, but honestly, too, just as humans, knowing all the various struggles that you've both been through or continue to go through and that you can be here and be present and share your journey, share your story, 
try to help make the world a better place for everybody else around you um, is truly inspiring and noble. And uh, you both should, you know, hold your head up high knowing that you are doing some real good in the world. Speaking of doing good in the world, we always like to incorporate some sort of additional cause that we want to promote and talk about. Today, we are talking about Sacred Cycle. You can learn more about them at thesacredcycle.org. And this is a place for creating affordable counseling and affordable mental health services for people out there. It's an organization that was founded by a friend of mine here in 2013, and she had suffered childhood sexual trauma. And she was able to find her real true healing through mountain biking. And so the organization was started so we could work at the intersection of mountain biking, so empowering and and reintegrating women uh, who have suffered from their own sexual trauma through a combination of mountain biking and building community. And I've had the honor of starting with them as a mountain bike coach uh, a few years ago. I then took over and ran their mountain bike program for them and my biggest honor was they asked me to take a seat on the board uh, last October. So I'm the treasurer of the board and and still help to oversee mountain biking and uh, and still coach participants. And so uh, for me, it really it really intersects with the overall mission of what we're doing with our podcast because clearly there's you know mental health crossovers between what Sacred Cycle does and what we're doing and and through my own personal journey just working with the survivors uh, within the organization has really helped my own healing journey so you know I I love all of the women that I've had the the honor to ride with and really proud of the work that the organization does here in Colorado excellent well once again folks that is the sacredcycle.org we will have a link to them as well as a link to the website for From Survivor to Thriver, where you can find on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Before I let you go, Eric and Mark, you've already given great advice for folks who might be doing a podcast, so we're going to skip that as the final question today. But I guess when it comes to really the topic at hand, which is removing the stigma to mental health and ensuring that we can all have positive health, as you say, from the neck up, you know, what's one piece of advice you can give to anybody listening who may be struggling or maybe doesn't even know that they are struggling with some sort of mental health issues? If you feel like something isn't right, and by that I mean sometimes we have off days and sometimes we may have a few off days in a row, but if you feel like something is off for a consistent period of time, find someone that you trust, a family member. Uh, a very close friend or a loved one, um, and and just sit down and say, I feel like something isn't right. Can I talk to you? Uh, because very often, by just taking that first step of having the conversation, so much weight will be lifted off your shoulders. Uh, and and listen and having somebody who will sit and listen without passing judgment. Uh, is is such a powerful tool. And in many cases, that is often the first step to finding the help that is needed. I know in my case, when I finally started to, to speak to my wife about what was happening, it opened, it completely opened the door to finding therapy and then all of these other amazing uh, treatment modalities uh, over the years. But reach out and start that conversation. You'll be better for it. 
And the only thing I would add to that is keep going, right? Unfortunately, in the health and the mental health space, the first answer we come up with isn't always the complete or whole answer. And so make sure that those conversations continue. And, you know, you really have to sort of be your own advocate to find uh, the best answers for you. You know, for a lot of people, eating a little bit better and doing some yoga is enough and it's the right answer. For other people, it includes a wide variety of treatments and, and options um, that you know we're only beginning to scratch the surface of. So you're going to have to take part in the answer for yourself. So it isn't easy. There isn't a magic bullet that we would all love to have. It isn't the easiest answer, but there are answers and they're out there. So go find them. And if I could just reinforce what both of you said, which is, yes, you know, talking to someone, even just going for that first or second time can be could take a huge weight off of your shoulders and off of your chest and make you realize that what you are going through is real. And in a lot of cases, you know, not your fault, which some people like to take kind of blame for how they feel, how they react, what is going on with them. And so I would highly encourage anybody thinking about it, go find some sort of resource. And yeah, diet, sleep, and exercise can can help. They they will not be the panacea to mental health, but they can certainly aid and assist in putting you on a better track uh, to mental health awareness. It's a great start. Yeah. It's, it's a great start. And I can tell you right now, 90% of the people we talk to who are having some sort of a mental health issue or injury, they're not sleeping and they're not sleeping well. And it's, it's a great indicator. It's always been my first indicator. As somebody who actually sleeps pretty well now, I feel a lot better. <laughs> Well, somebody with two five-year-olds, I wish I was getting more sleep. Well, uh, that's different. That's, that's, that's external, man. That's, that's something I can't, yeah. But the show is From Survivor to Thriver. Again, we'll have a link to the show in the show notes and on the website, causepods.org and thesacredcycle.org. Eric DeRosa, Mark Fernandez, thank you so much for joining us here on CausePods today. Thank you so much, Matthew. Thanks for listening to this episode of Cause Pods. If you've been inspired by the work of our guest, please check out the show notes to this episode in your podcasting app or at causepods.org. There you will find links to their show, their website, their podcast links on Apple, Google, Spotify, as well as a link to support the charity that they highlighted here in this episode. You will also find at causepods.org a way to subscribe to this show on your favorite podcasting app, how to sign up to be a guest on this show, and a link to our Facebook group, which is going to have special resources just for the folks who are podcasting for a good cause. And I can tell you right now, we've got one great deal from our friends at PodPage, but you're only going to learn about it and get that special deal if you are a member of the Facebook group for Cause Pods. And before I go, I should say thank you in particular. The show is edited and produced by Ben Kiloy of the Military Veteran Dads Podcast and what a great job he has done. And all this is made possible because of the great support that I receive from Shannon Rojas here at thepodcastconsultant.com. Once again, if you want to learn more, go to causepods.org. Thank you so much, and we will see you next time on Cause Pods. Mm-hmm.